Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We've got the show favorite, Emily Strickler, back in the studio. What's going on? Oh, my God. That is show favorite. You wow. might be the you might be the person that's been on the most times. I don't know. Wow. I, have to check. I feel so honored. I went to look it up before we started, but I forgot. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me back. <laughs> it's been a minute. I know, man. We're like, I'm like opposite sizes, of this e- enormous couch. Yeah. Yeah. Very socially distanced. Very safe. Everything's good. That's been great. Yeah. I guess we haven't, oh man, we haven't recorded since all the sh- the world we, went to shit. We did one of the, um, uh, like Facebook Lives, I think that you did. We oh did, yeah, that's we, right. we did a little bit of a check in yeah. at the beginning, but not like in person. Yeah, not in person. It's been yeah a while. It's been a while. <laughs> now you don't like staying there. <laughs> you don't fuck with that. Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm into it. <laughs> well, I've been trying to do this thing for a while now. Is um, I'm just like like such a tsunami fan. Like that's like my big thing. Like my intro to anime, everything. Like rushing home from school every day to watch these shows. And so I wanted to get people's take on, like, you know, if you could pick anything, what would you want to program for your Toonami block? So when I was thinking about this, I was like, man, I've got to have Emily in for this one. Yeah. Um, Thank well, you. Talk about your experience a little bit with Toonami. Like, how did you, what do you remember about that growing up? So it is interesting. Like Caleb, I went to Wikipedia to confirm which shows <laughs> were where, if they were. Because I actually do feel like maybe Adult Swim and Toonami stuff was kind of blurring in my mind a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think more of the Toonami stuff that is more nostalgic for me in terms of looking down the list, I I have a lot of memories associated with my little brother, actually. So there were a lot of series on there. um, They didn't really make my list, but, like, Zoids (laughs) was one. That's a Zoids. uh, Beast Wars um zoids is literally on my list twice they were they had so many different <laughs> versions of zoids like new on century there. or yeah. whatever chaotic suggestion yeah. century i can't remember what it was um batman beyond was one that was really that i like really associate like watching these shows with my little brother and like zoids was one that he was really into the gundam series that were on there that was one of his favorites um but it was interesting there was a bunch of shows on there that i started questioning like did i see these shows on toonami or kids wb yeah i feel like there's a bunch like for me i feel like Yu-Gi-Oh, jackie chan adventures was on the list and maybe batman beyond as well like those for sure i i have very fond memories but i feel like i remember watching them more like saturday morning kids wb no yeah that's yeah. that's the same for sure with batman beyond i think was one of those mm-hmm. two that was on mm-hmm. kids wb yeah but there that programming block slapped yeah uh I have like this core memory of Kids WB with Lou Bega. You remember him? He did mm-hmm. Mambo Number no. Five. Yeah, Mambo Number no. Five. I'm here. When for that it. was like in the height of Lou Bega, they had him host guest host on Kids WB, <laughs> and it was like he did a, a new take on the. Um, it was like Mambo Number no. Five, but Kids WB promo it was like one, two, three, four, five. This weekend, right here, see Lou Bega live. Oh, shit. I have remembered that oh, for, like, 20 shit. years. Like, I'll just be in the shower, just like, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Like, I don't know why I think <laughs> about that promo all the time, but that shit has been burned into my memory. Yeah, that's awesome. Isn't it funny, the shit that sticks out to you like that? Yeah, I love it. 
That's wild. All right, enough bullshit in here. What's your what's the lead off show? What are, okay. what are you starting off with? Lead off show. I'm not gonna talk about the first one that much because of course, Sailor Moon. So I've talked to you about Sailor Moon a lot. Um, I don't know that I should be adding like so much more to it. It was very, <laughs> so I guess the refresher thing is kind of like, um, and will be relevant later, is that my actual exposure to Sailor Moon was through the comics first. And then I was like, oh, there's a cartoon of it. I'm going to watch that too. Um, and so the anime varies from the comic books because... It's got the um, Monster of the Week formula, which is not really a part of the comic book. It's a, It flows a lot more succinctly, the narrative, um, in the comic. But the anime was definitely my, you know, magical girl, female empowerment version of Monster of the Week, where she goes, kicks butt, has fun with her friends. And then there is an undercurrent, like there's a, a theme going on that it's like slowly progressing towards, but very much that formulaic, like designed like sell kids toys things like that kind of a thing going for it um but i'll actually and uh, unless you want to talk about sailor moon more i jump ahead right into the second one for Let's me which is um card captor sakura It's another magical girl series, and I feel like it doesn't get talked about as much as Sailor Moon, but it was so influential for me. So it it kind of it was the opposite for me of Sailor Moon in that like I discovered the comic book or sorry the anime first or the the cartoon whatever and that opened up the entire world of the comic book series the artist that um originally did Cardcaptor Sakura the comic books um it's a group of female um illustrators called Clamp and <laughs> I did not know that it was like yeah, a group yeah yeah it's like, I think it's four women because I think I want to say it's like one for each letter of clamp. Oh, that's what the acronym is. Yeah, I think so. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure. But um, they had all these like beautiful illustrations. And I love it now, too, because like the the proportions of the characters are all like their limbs are like super long and they're (laughs) all really tall and stretched out. And it was definitely my introduction to like the the anime femboy aesthetic that I love so much um but no I even in a, I had like art books of card captors occur that were these like beautiful like full page illustrations that I would just pour over and flip through and even my little brother like really liked looking at the art books with me and stuff like that so um it was kind of the reverse but again it was this magical girl series where there's a girl that was my age that I could actually identify with she wasn't drawn in like the overly buff Western style that was popular at that time here. Um, and she was just like 
young and cool and like transformed and saved the world and was just so incredible. So it would be really up there for me. That would, would be, be I the mean, number two. That, I feel like Card Captors is like Sailor Moon adjacent for sure. Oh yeah, for like sure. Like if someone liked Sailor Moon, they would like Card Captors. Absolutely. And I think too, it was definitely. It, I would say it was probably more accessible for boys as well because she it's kind of this team there's her sakura her best friend i think her best friend's name was like Tom, tomoyo or something like that and the, her, she had a little love interest but like they're also so young that he's just like a friend and i think he's actually chinese so like reading the comics it was like the like english phonetically spelled out of the japanese name that was the phonetic of like the chinese name and i so i think his name is like Shaoran or something like that. It's like two levels of translation. You're going yeah, <laughs> and so so it's it's a little weird, but um, the the boy played as much of a role. And again, it wasn't like one of them saving the other kind of a deal. They were very much equals in it, and so I think that made it more accessible. And that's probably one of the reasons I think my brother was maybe more tolerant of watching having to sit there and watch Card Captor versus Sailor Moon. Um, and they were. A little bit younger, but she has these really beautiful, fantastic outfits that she wears every time. It's different in Sailor Moon. Like, her outfit constantly changes. Um, so it was just really exciting and really fun for me as a kid to get to see that and then to be exposed to Clamp and all these other stories through that. Um, Magic Knight Ray Earth was a comic book series that I really loved by them, too. That was, I would say it's Magical Girl, probably, but it's it's... I don't know, it's a lot more serious than, than like a lot of the, the magical girl kind of stuff. I don't know. And, and the illustration was so cool. I don't know. So I will, I, I forgot to preface this. Um, so my theme for my blog tonight is art school weeb. Oh my God. <laughs> this is very on brand for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I basically, I, I did pick all anime, but I, um, Mostly because the stuff that wasn't anime, I had more intense, like, memories of it being, like, the Kids WB, like, Saturday morning block. Um, But also because I do feel like all of the shows that I would put in my block either have really high-quality animation or their source material is really high-quality. So, like, in the the case of these first two, Sailor Moon and Cardcaptor Sakura, the animation is not going to, like, blow your socks off or anything. Um, They've got, like, iconic transformation sequences and stuff, but... The source material, I feel like, is so fucking good. It's so powerful. <laughs> it's, like, oh, it's so beautiful. And I just still, like, I recently, um, in the COVID times, have retrieved my original Sailor Moon comic book um, collection from my parents' house. And wow. I've just been, like, delicately, like, flipping through <laughs> it and stuff. I have all the, I can't find my um, Cardcaptor art books, but I did find all of my, like, manga. Because at that point, I wasn't buying comics anymore. It was, like, in the actual chapter book like manga the way you get them now so um yeah so Uh, i think those are my first two so So i knocked the girly stuff out of the way like so good actually okay sorry sorry i just thought of another thing that's kind of the two of them so i think we've talked before on here about how in sailor moon and this is later in the series so i don't know if it was necessarily when it was airing on toonami but i think we've talked about um kind of like gender fluidity maybe on it or um, not even like, I guess lesbian relationships, but like same sex relationships and just the fluidity of kind of what the characters are and who they fall in love with. And 
that I think was really important for me as a kid. And we've talked about like some of the English dub of that. Like there were two characters that were supposed to be like sisters or cousins, but actually they're in a relationship right, and like whatever. Yeah. Um, but so Card Captor was one that I don't think, I don't remember the cartoon series hiding it as much, but her older brother does have a relationship with a boy. And so as a young kid, just seeing that and it was totally normal, like no, no one even points it out in it. So I will say those two are also really nice shows in terms of their accessibility and like just treating love is love and whatever. And that it's just a normal situation for, especially for a young kid seeing that it's just like, oh, okay, whatever. Like it didn't occur to you to even like think that it was weird. Yeah. Well, it's like, we think about, I think about shows, we were just talking about this, I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but I think about shows that came out around the time that we were, like, watching TV, like, what consuming yeah. that media, so, like, Powerpuff Girls had him, mm-hmm. and then things like that, Sailor Moon, yeah. um, and so the, there's these characters or, like, parts of the story that were, like, in that realm, but not super overt, maybe? Yeah. And now yeah. we have shows like Steven Universe where there's like very Yeah. Like it, it's, it's very prominent and like central to the story and like it's addressed and it's like dang, I don't yeah. you wonder if that stuff would have happened if Powerful yeah. Girls well, and things and like that showed. Sailor Moon I feel like or excuse me, um Steven Universe is one that I feel like does kind of pay homage to source material like things like Sailor Moon. So it it does feel like this natural progression that like you had to have this first kind of right generation of it to accept and it is interesting to me because i don't know enough about japanese culture like i don't know is that just totally a normal that like playing with gender in that way it seems like excuse me um a common theme at least in like two of the most like iconic magical girl series for me it seemed like a common theme so it is interesting i wonder if like is it more culturally accepted there and like what that difference is i I remembered reading something about that when we're doing that research for that hentai episode Mm. I don't know. I also, I yeah, I, that. now that you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, I feel like we did kind of touch on that. Uh, that was just kind of yeah. tangential to, like, what we were yeah. talking about mainly in yeah. that one. Also, yeah. if you haven't checked that episode out, shameless plug for my own show. That's what, probably one yeah. of my favorite episodes we've done. It was a good one. We had yeah. some good conversation during it. I got cool feedback on that, too. I was just like, yeah. oh. Like, so many people were like, that's not what I expected. And I was like, great. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was kind of the point. Subvert the expectation there. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, what we got third on the list? Okay, third up, Cowboy Bebop. There's for takeoff. Jet is on the dock. We're here. And now, back to Cowboy Bebop. Not going easy on you. Thought that was my line. On Tsunami. Man, you know, I always forget that was on. Yeah. On Toonami. So was that on Adult Swim or what was it? It was on Toonami. Um, I did confirm that. And I think, so I had, I saw parts of it. I That was not one that I got to see in full. And I will say my last three are not ones that I got to experience in their full glory on Toonami. Um, and the last two are, are very contemporary and recent, but they're on the Toonami blog now. Um but Cowboy Bebop was one that I would catch and see, and I'd want to see a little bit more. But, like... You might miss an episode. Yeah, I, w- like, I would, like, miss it or whatever. Yeah. And so I finally watched it in full as an adult. Um, experienced the whole thing. And 
I don't know. It's just incredible. It's iconic. Again, it's one that in my art school weeb theme is just so well animated, especially compared to like when you're on your fifth run of a Zoid series kind of <laughs> deal. It's like, it's just so good. And you've got the music and the stories are so different and the characters are so iconic. I was a little bummed because um, I actually like Samurai Shampoo better than Cowboy Bebop. So I was kind of like, I didn't see Samurai Shampoo on the list for Toonami, but I was like, Cowboy Bebop's good too. Um, (laughs) But it it is interesting to me, especially when you compare those two. Like um, Cowboy Bebop, I think, is the more iconic one because of the characters. They stand out to people a lot more, but I do think the story for me is a little more compelling in Samurai Shampoo. But yeah, I kept Cowboy Bebop on the list. That's how mine was. I had that same experience with Cowboy Bebop. I would like not always catch it, but I'd be like, every time I was on, I would watch it. Yeah. And my favorite show is Outlaw Star. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize until I was an adult I'd never seen the entire series. Yeah. And so um Madison actually got it for me for as a present. She found like this oh, badass yeah. box set has like Hell this yeah. art book and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, this is fucking tight. So like I watched it, you know, I just like marathoned it like yeah. start to finish. And it's like, oh man, this is so dope. But that it was the same thing with Cowboy Bebop. I did not really watch it start to finish in its entirety until I was an adult. But yeah. I remember watching it exactly like you being like, oh, this is pretty dope. And I loved the intro and the outro songs. And I'm wondering, I don't know why that is, if it's because of when it came, like the years that it aired, was it on it like a much later time block or what the deal is? I, I do have another one on my list that was, I, I couldn't remember enough about this show, but I remembered really loving it. And it was one where I would catch it a little bit. And I think I read some of the comic books too, but it was Dot Hacksign. Oh yeah. Did I you ever Dot see that Hacksign. one? Yep. Yeah. And so that was one that like, I, I really, I like, I remember enjoying it and wanting more of it, but then never knowing where I could get it next or like. Well, yeah, back then it wasn't like, yeah. let me get on. Let me go stream yeah, on Netflix or Crunchyroll. Yeah, so um, Dot Hacksign I remember did that make one. it on my list of Because I used to mix here. that. I used to mix that show up with Code Lyoko. Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember what the, which one was named what. Yeah. Like, I used yeah. to mix them up just in my head. Well, and I think I got confused. I feel like there was, like, a lot of different media. Because I feel like maybe there was, like, a PlayStation game. Or, like, somehow someone got a CD that was, like, a score of music that had to do with the series. I could have seen that being, like, a Square Enix game back in the day. Yeah, exactly. That's, like, that vibe. Exactly. So. So good. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I'm a little bit intrigued by Dot Hack Sign. I kind of want to go back and (laughs) rewatch it and try to see what I can absorb of it. But, yeah, Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop gets that middle spot. It's too good. It's up there. It's so accessible, too, I feel like, in terms of anime. Like, I feel like people that are not in anime, that's one that they could get into still pretty easily. It's like a gateway one. Um, I will say, okay, so my other one, this is really, so I'm like, Cowboy Bebop's here, but actually Samurai Shampoo's better. And the other one that I thought, <laughs> I thought was Toonami, that's actually my favorite, is Trigun. Oh, and yeah. I kind of associate of it, course. I think, because of that time period and the art style, like when I saw them originally. Um, but Trigun, I think, was uh, Adult Swim. Oh, man. I didn't, I don't think I've seen you since this, or talked to you really since. I have a little bit, but haven't mentioned it to you. Yeah. But I, um, what? Oh, my God. Now that I can't remember his name. Um, they, pre Wolfwood? Yeah. I got to talk to the, 
I got to interview the guy that was the voice for Wolfwood. Oh hell yeah! yeah. Wait, so dub? I so I've only seen sub of. Oh okay. shit! Okay, yeah, it was the dub. I forgot yeah. your your subs first. Yeah. The guy is yeah. uh is Jeff Nimoy. It's Leonard Nimoy's yeah. cousin. Oh really? Yeah, that's so cool. But he did a bunch of Digimon voices and stuff. Too. Oh hell yeah! I meant to text you after I interviewed him because I know how much so you love tight. Trigun. Yeah. But I think that's Trigun. why I didn't text you is because you. Maybe at the time I remembered you that you didn't care that about I, dub. Yeah, I'm always on that sub yeah, line. That's okay. Um, I watched dub with the with the captions on. Digimon too. That's tight. Yeah. I love that. Ooh. Okay, this mid tier list, so we'll <coughs> take a break and then come back in just a second. Yeah. Show number four of the block. What do we got? Okay. Another one that I have talked to you about that maybe people will want to die if they have to hear more about it. Um, Mob Psycho 100. Yeah. Strange phenomena that science has yet to explain. How would you like me to haunt your dreams? Hey, Mob. Sorry. Do you think you could swing by? Evil spirits right in front of me. Shigeo Kageyama, also known as Mob. Second year of middle school. I can sense the presence of a very powerful spirit. He is an esper, blessed with psychic abilities. You're sending in a middle schooler? Get your crap. You've been singing the praises of that one. I need to check it out still. It's I checked out Haikyuu before I checked that out. Okay. To be fair, Haikyuu is more like pure weeb shit that like hits you in a certain way. It's so fucking good. I don't want to take away yeah. from what we're talking about, but that show is so fucking good. Yeah. We, okay. gotta, we gotta have an app. We gotta be talking uh, about Haikyuu. Uh, well, yeah. Episode Nat is coming because we gotta do that. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so Mob Psycho 100, and again, fits in with the art school, like, weeb theme. It is so different from so much anime out there. And maybe a little bit similar to Cowboy Bebop in that I think it can be accessible to people that maybe wouldn't like more, I don't know, stereotypical or cliche anime stuff. The tropey stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just incredible. And the animation is so fucking good. We talked about the intro, of course, on that episode. Um, how incredible it is. Honestly, the intro for both season one and season two is just incredible. Um, but yeah, the series itself is so interesting. The characters are so interesting. I think I've rewatched season two maybe three times at this point. It is a little bit of a shorter one, so you can get through it fairly quickly. But, and Mob Psycho is the show that uh, converted me f to full weeb status as an adult and it got me paying for Crunchyroll. So, <laughs> is that good? Yeah. Um, but, but it's just so good. Everything from the animation, the story, the character development. It's, and it's so weird. It's so weird. It's so different, probably, from any show on here. How but long it, is it's it? It's so perfect. Um, I want to say it's only maybe like 12 episodes a season. Oh, okay. Does it have a ton of seasons or what? No, it's only got two seasons. 
and that's it. Yeah, it's really succinct. So check it out. Yeah, I watch more episodes of Haikyuu in that one than in, in one setting. Exactly. Well, I just like ugh, some of these shows. Like, there's a lot of shows I start and I'm like, it's not that I dislike it. Yeah. It's that I'm just like on to the next thing, I guess, because yeah. it's like, and then I just never go back and finish that. Let me quit being a bitch and just watch that. Mob Psycho is definitely worth it because it is such a short one. It's like fairly non-committal. Like yeah. You're not like going, it's not like Full Metal Alchemist or like <laughs> Hunter Hunter where you're just like, Jesus Christ, this is going to be the next three months of my life. It's going to be one watching piece this. that has like a million Yes, exactly. Honestly, I, I am interested in One Piece, but I will never watch it because I am so late to the game that I don't have the level <laughs> of no time up. I need Yeah, to like get get into it. Um, but Mob Psycho, Mob Psycho is also a little bit the opposite of the first two in that the source material is not like high art or anything. I think it was like a fairly rudimentary like web comic. Um, that's kind of dope too, though. Yeah. Um, taking on new God. life as the anime. Yeah. And it's just literally, I'm just sitting here being like, it's so good. You guys, it's so <laughs> incredible. It's amazing. Um, you talked about that one a lot. I think Daniel Bo Kemper like that yes. one too and he was talking about it yes so i'm like um, mm, there's two people that whose taste i'm like okay well like we're pretty on par yeah it's I need to check it out there's even like episodes in this in the second season that like make you emotional like get you like and not in the high q emotional kind of way because high q will get you too but in like a different where it, it feels like heavy wow um okay i like that yeah it's really good and then yeah I won't go into all the, the <laughs> plot and the narrative of it, but Mob Psycho would be there. Um, ready that, for was that number four? Do you want to do yeah, honorable mentions four. or do you want to do five? Do you um, want to do five and then honorable mentions? Yeah, because five isn't really a grand finale, honestly. Okay. <laughs> so I'll just do five and then I'll hit my honorable mentions. So, so far we've had Sailor Moon, Cardcaptor Sakura, Cowboy Bebop, Mob Psycho 100, and number five is Demon Slayer. Man-eating demons prowling about after dark. That's why it's not safe to go outside at night. The smell of blood. <gasps> Nezuko, are you okay? What happened? The demon slayers protect us by killing as many as they can. Demon Slayer, again, a recent one. So these last two, definitely not ones that right. have any sort of nostalgia for me, but are just sure. so fucking high quality and have been series as an adult that I've rewatched multiple times. Demon Slayer, I've even rewatched multiple times. And I've actually read all of the, I'm almost done. The series finished over the summer. And I think I, at the beginning of quarantine stuff, I read through the whole series and got caught up to you know, the the latest chapter that was out, and it was, like, ten chapters away from finishing the series. Wow. Um, but Demon Slayer is another really incredible one where the animation is just, like, next-level bullshit that's just <laughs> so fucking good. It's also got an intro that slaps. The intro is so good. Um, the, the woman that sings it, like, kind of gives you, like, almost gives you, like, Paramore vibes or something. It's, oh, God. It's so good. Um, so yeah, Demon Slayer is really, really out there in terms of quality, I would say. I think maybe we talked about that in that intros that I probably, I think maybe Will I mentioned that did. one. Yeah. I think he's tried to talk me into watching that before. Yeah, it's, um, it's so good. And it is, again, I think the other thing like Mob Psycho is super fantastic. Um, but the stakes are kind of there. I guess it feels like life or death death in it but um demon slayer is definitely like 
in the way that I like anime as an adult where the, the stakes are super high. Um, I think most of the anime that I've really enjoyed as an adult, it's like characters can actually die or lose an arm or something of that nature. Um, and so gruesome shit happens and I don't know, but it's also still just like a shonen. So I like, kind of like that though. When it's like, they don't have plot armor. Yeah. Cause sometimes I'm like, dude, like nothing ever happened. Like we know it's not going to be hurt. Like, yeah, no. the main character. It's, Nothing's going to happen so to him. I will say too, the, the premise of it is like a little bit, um, gory from the outset. Um, so Demon Slayer, the demons in it are basically vampires. They're much more like vampires than like anything else. They eat humans, I guess. It's kind of like vampires mixed with zombies. They function more like vampires, but they eat people. Um, so it's, it's pretty fucking dark. Um, but it's really good and you follow your, it's, it's like typical shonen shit that you really <laughs> love, but but the stakes are a lot more real, a lot higher. The animation is incredible. The fighting sequences, just like Mob Psycho, the fight sequences are so fucking good. Um, but yeah, and the characters are so enjoyable in it too. Like, it's an it's a nice cast of characters as well. Sick. So, yeah, I that need was to check them out, man. Because you were t- we were talking about it on Crunchyroll, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you gotta get Crunchyroll. It's yeah. so accessible for that hilarious all, all for the anime stuff. As an anime show and doesn't have an anime subscription. I mean... What a mark-ass trick I am. I will say, so, the first time I watched Mob Psycho, season one, um, you can watch Crunchyroll, in case people are out there wanting to watch this stuff, I'm pretty sure you can watch it for free with commercials on your desktop. Oh, I think you're telling me that. Yeah, yeah. like, it's it's pretty easy to watch all of the content on it. You just have to be on your computer rather than, like, Apple TV. Like, I watch everything on Apple TV. Um, so, yeah, if you don't want to pay for it... It's still there. The, that programming is still accessible to you, and you can watch it. Give it a shot. <laughs> Emily it's said, so "You good. have no excuse." Yeah. Okay. Okay. I no. Will. No reason to God not. Um, high cues on there as well. Not part of Toonami, but high cue slaps. It's <laughs> I've so only good. watched two seasons, so I need to get. Yeah, season three is so good. Season four, I think, is the latest season, which got delayed because of COVID. So <sighs> it was supposed to come out, I think, in the middle of the summer, the second half Ooh. of it, and I think we're getting it next month. Um. But it's also, and the that's another one the comic book just finished as well. So I have the comic book on my list of ones to binge read. I feel like that'd be so frustrating, like, reading it and then, like, knowing what's going to happen and then waiting for it to happen on the show. Mm. You find that it, Well, but the show, the show, I think, is yes and no. So, like, with Demon Slayer, there's not necessarily, like, a season three announced. There's a movie announced. Um, but like, there's not necessarily a season three announced. And like, sometimes I feel like these really good shows that I really love, you're just left hanging. You don't know when they're going to come out next. And so for me, I'm like, whatever, I'll just read through the comics. Like if I'm into it and especially if there's like not even concrete evidence that it will come out again, I'm down to just finish reading it. Um, with Haikyuu, if the series just ended, so I think it's, I'm actually not sure how far in the series season four is going to end it this year, but I don't know. Comic's been recommended to me, so I'll probably read it <laughs> as well. I'm trying to think, though, if there's ever been series. So that it, that did kind of ruin Attack on Titan for me. Cause I've heard that actually before mm-hmm. about like the between the 
the disparity between the yeah and source material. And I I really liked the comic for a while, but the comic it took so long to come come out. Right. Yeah, it would take so long to come out, and then like the story just got so convoluted that I couldn't keep track of stuff. I don't know. Yeah, Attack on Titan lost me when I switched to comic book and then was trying to like swap back and forth. So there are pitfalls sometimes. But uh, for the most like, part Yeah, it's like give and take just like with anything. Most of these, again, all but Cowboy Bebop doesn't have a comic. Mob Psycho, it's a web comic or webtoon or whatever. So I I'm not normally into those as much, but you know, three of mine, I would say the manga is as good, if not better, than the anime. So Depending how weeb you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay, but this is where that qualification of art school, because I'm just right. nerding out so hard on the quality <laughs> of what I'm looking at that it's like, oh, it's so fucking good. How can you not? Like, So it's really good. But my honorary mentions. Okay, here we go. How many <clears> you got? Like a few? I think it's just going to be two. I don't matter. Two we'll talk about specifically. <laughs> we'll talk about um, regardless. One would be Thundercats. Oh, shit. The original or what? Yeah, the original one. That was one that we watched a lot I of. I used to watch the shit out of Schnarr, Schnarr. Yeah, and I feel offended. I brought that up to Brian, and he was just like, trash. And just like, what? Went on, yeah, he just like shut me down on it and was like. Should have dunked on him. Thundercats is lame, but I, no, that was a good <laughs> one. That was a good one that I watched a lot of. And so in terms of nostalgia factor, that was like a Toonami OG. A like Sailor Moon and Thundercats were probably my like most watched Toonami situation. I feel like that was like a flagship show for Toonami. Yeah. And I think they had Thundercats on from like the top. It, w- it was super good. Uh, yeah. Chitara had me feeling some type of way. Goodness. Oh, she, so she, she was kind of an example of like the opposite of what I was going for in terms of what <laughs> drove me into the arms of <laughs> Sailor Moon and Cardcaptor Sakura because I couldn't relate to her. What am I supposed to? I'm fucking little shrimp. How am I going to look at her and be like, that's who I want to be? And I, I get that too, I guess. like I guess she was a cat person too, though. Yeah, but I guess like boys are looking at like buff superheroes or Western superheroes. But for me, like... I wanted that, like, envisioning myself. And we played pretend a lot as a kid. This is something also that's come up with my husband that, like, he didn't play pretend very much as a kid. My brother and I played pretend all the time. So things like Card Captor, when we had these art books, it was almost like this extra material to give us, like, fantastic imaginings of, like, what would your costume look like? Or, like, what would your outfit be? And, like, what would your powers be? And, and why would you have them? And it really I feel like fostered creativity in us and and this like imagination watching shows that where we could really like see ourselves in the context of it I think yeah it probably depends too just like on that because you were art-minded I don't know how Brian is but well I don't know but my brother isn't necessarily and I don't know I honestly got a little creeped out when my husband was like yeah I didn't play He, he didn't play like imaginary whatever stuff and not only that, the couple times he did, apparently, when he caught, would notice that adults were, like, watching him, he would stop. He didn't want the adults to realize what he was doing. I want them to doing. think I'm a kid. Yeah, so, there, I don't know. There's some weird shit going on there, but... Um, okay, I'll let y'all address that later at home. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the other honorable mention, though, <laughs> is Hamtaro. Dude, Hamtaro's the shit. Hamtaro is so... Fucking good. It I was. loved it so much. Intros that slap. Boom. Yeah, exactly. Um, tiki God, it was so good. Yeah, the little tiki tiki. Oh, my God. Freaking Bijou was that bottom bitch, too. Yeah, 
Bijou. Mm-hmm. I liked, I think there was one maybe named Sandy that had like stripes. It was like Sandy and Stan. Aww. Oh, I'm fucking, is Oxnard the fat one? That was his boy. God. Oxnard. Oxnard. God. And there was a little cappy one. They had a little <laughs> cap. It was so beautiful. So for those that don't know, Hamtaro is definitely like, I like borderline. It's like a little kid show. Like the the oh, yeah. themes are like I think so. Like sharing Helping friendship. Each other. Yeah, like because I I would watch that with um like the little like four year old that I babysit in the neighborhood. I'd pop that on, and I knew it was one that I wouldn't want to die watching as a thirteen year old, but because it was so cute. Um, but it was like appropriate for him as well. So. Yeah, I'm not really sure. And it, it really was kind of too young for me. I think it was literally just the cuteness and wholesomeness of it just spoke to something deep within me. And it also had the collector factor of it. They had this big, like, Hamtaro house thing that you could get. Oh, you could get all these this. little guys, yeah. yeah, that you put in it. So I had this fucking little plastic house with little plastic Hamtaros that would go in there. completionist. Yeah. I, man, Pokemon really fucked my world <laughs> up as a kid. Like, honestly, like... My Funko Pop addiction, that phase is, is over now. But, like, God, it's that, that compulsion. Yeah, You're fiending the, for yeah, it. Yeah, you, you got to have itch. it. Yeah, like, it's rare. You got to get it. Like, <laughs> so. Well, and I was always excited, too, because I was in all this, like, nerdier anime stuff that, like, when you went to Toys R Us, it rarely did you see the toys there that were those shows so like if i found something for sailor moon unless it was at the comic book store specifically finding something for sailor moon or card captor or even hamtaro out in the wild was a fucking score because it was like i can't i i used to pour over ebay and look at the like ufo catcher stuff from japan because you could like that was the only way you could get little like (laughs) sailor moon plushies and stuff i would pour over ebay to like find this stuff because and i would just like covet it and just look at it and kind of be like, man, I wish I could have that or I wish I could have whatever. Because <laughs> you couldn't find any of it here. All the kids so. that grew up with that grew up in open stores for kids to be able to find that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I'm kind of like Suncoast or something like that. Like Suncoast was one. Yeah, I remember Suncoast. there was like one at a kiosk at the mall one time in mm-hmm. the middle. I'm like, oh, my God, they have Gohan there. I saw some Dragon Ball yeah. and stuff. Um, Suncoast, too. I mean, Suncoast was where I would get like my... um. Like the movies, the Sailor Moon movies, right. that was like the only way to get access to those unless you, you know, at age 10 in that time knew how to use the internet, which like kind of, but okay, here's another question. All right. Did you ever make like a GeoCities fan site for any of your animes? Nah, I can't say that I did. That was my like first foray into like web some, design I was, was that is Sailor Moon fan site. That is a snapshot into a certain... A certain fabric of society <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> yeah you as a person yeah so i had my sailor moon fan site That's of insane. course is um, it still up no no no, no 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 <laughs> and then like um uh neopets oh yeah i remember Do you remember fr- the guilds my friends had neopets and like i would go to the library because we, d- we didn't have a computer at home but like i would go to the library after school and like all my friends would log in and like check their neopets yeah. All these poor abandoned Neopets. I, um, so there were guilds that you can join that were basically like, if you were fans of the same thing, you could basically connect with other Neopets players. Shit, it was like and social like, networking. Yeah, it really was early on. But the guilds, you could like custom skin them. And that was my first entry into getting into like CSS and HTML was doing like custom, like a Sailor Moon. Shit. 
guild or like custom guild layouts essentially i did a fruits basket one which was another like very weavy anime one right. so um yeah no so it all came <laughs> it all came full circle for me but um yeah that's the list sailor moon card captor sakura cowboy bebop mob psycho 100 demon slayer wow this is like quintessentially i think the 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 cool thing about this is like this is such a a photograph of your taste and anyone that's listened to the show before that knows you is probably like yeah, yeah these are all very yeah like the, these would be the obvious choices i have no there is no surprise pikachu emoji for this yeah yeah <laughs> well and it is interesting too there are like the more recent ones i'm i really wonder about the impact of tsunami on like current anime trends because some of the more recent seasons like i, I don't know how are current like nerd kids getting their cartoons because it has like kill la kill soul eater and my hero academia and so i am wondering like what influences what like are they showing that and that's what kind of leads to that popularity or is it the kids are finding all this stuff online and so then toonami's like the lineup is like oh yeah kids are really into my hero academia we got to get it on i don't know kill la kill is on there yeah, Kill la Kill was on Toonami at some point. I wonder if it was like in the late night block or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I was kind of looking. Have you watched that? Yes, yeah, so at your recommendation, <laughs> I started watching it and Cause we, I, oh yeah, I, I, started hadn't, I hadn't given it a chance because Brian, I think, had watched it and I came in and I was like, excuse me, I need to go. It It, it is very um, satirical in how it... Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly, it, it, yeah, like it's definitely satirical. It was not obvious to me. I think like walking in well, yeah, on it, coming in halfway. Yeah, yeah, that it's satirical. But for those that don't know, the main character it is a little bit magical girl ish. Yeah. There's like transformation sequence. The main character has this like armor suit thing, but it's very skimpy. Armor in quotes. I'm like, what fucking? Yeah, what's that gonna protect you? Yeah, it. Uh, How's that armor gonna protect you? Yeah, and she's like young too. That's the thing that's always cringed to me about some of these shows. Yeah. Like, yeah. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, so I ended up going back after you were like, no, it's really good. That's actually one that I've had on as a dub version in the background while I work. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I Man, I did the same thing. And then it was, I d it was fell victim to my, my uh, tendency to like start a show and then never finish it. Yeah. That's what happened with, uh, I did that with that one. I did that with, um, Goblin Slayer. Goblin Slayer. And then, uh, is that the right name? Yeah. It was the one I'm that was D&D, but it pretty much. Is, was it? it was well, but it so many isekai ones are uh, yeah. like that. But it was the one that was like super graphic from the, from the yeah. beginning. And so I was like, I don't know if I want to watch this. This is definitely tangent territory now, but that's how it is when you and I talk, I think. Yes. Um, a current show that I'm watching Current my current anime is Re Zero, and I was late to the party. I feel it, like I've heard of that. It, it's so it's a current one. It's an isekai, and I was kind of late to the party because Brian was going through a phase where he was watching a bunch of isekai, and they were all kind of blending together for me. And for some reasons, all of the episodes he showed me of season one of Re Zero, it it just felt I was like this is just like every other one. And we are actually watching um on youtube sometimes we'll watch like the season recap or like what to look forward to this season in anime or something like that and re-zero season two which is 
currently um, coming out each week was on their list. And he, the guy, whoever's YouTube channel it was, was like showing clips from season one. And I was just like, what the fuck, yeah, Brian? Like, Where was that? Yeah, I was like, this shit is so interesting. And like, all I've seen is the bullshit of him, like, following around with, like, a horde of girls around a kingdom. <laughs> and, like, where is this going? And it is. Poor Brian's just watching at his leisure, and you're, like, dunking on him. He's yeah. like, well, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. Watching. So we rewatched, um, for him, rewatched season one. Now we're on season two as it's coming out. I, like, watched it and caught up to him. So a couple episodes in, I was caught up. Um, but it is, it is so interesting. Um, it's another one, intros that slap. That's, like, key, I feel like. If the intro slaps, the show's going to be good. <laughs> um, it's a good indicator. Yeah, but it um, it it deals with the, more so than other isekai, where it's, like, your characters, a lot of them, like, your characters will die and then be reborn or, like, whatever. The whole premise of this is that he dies and then gets reset. It's, like, the save point of his reset point kind of moves further after certain events have happened. Um, so that's how he's able to progress in the show. But he dies a lot before he's able to move forward and it actually deals with the psychological ramifications of what it would be like to be dying over and over and over and it's not this easy thing like you go to sleep like sometimes he dies in really horrific ways or he has to kind of make the decision to kill himself because maybe all of his friends got killed um and he had to watch all of his loved ones die in really horrific ways interesting um so it is it is fucked up, okay. which is not what I got the first time I tried to uh, it's tough sit through coming some in episodes. on a show like that, though. Yeah. It's like, let me see if I would be into this, and like yeah, maybe it's like you get I a bad episode. The, yeah, like the beach episode or the hot spring yeah. episode or something. <laughs> you know, that would but. win me over instantly. Actually, that was a funny thing when I was telling you about how I never watched all of Outlaw Star. Yeah. When I was rewatching it, there's a hot springs episode. There is a hot springs. There's an uh, they go it. to a planet that's a hot springs planet. God. And I was just like, God Stop damn it. it! Like I didn't think the show is too good for time, it. Yeah, you <laughs> had it in higher esteem than that. It's like um, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, ReZero. ReZero is check that shit out. Shit, it there's is so many so shows good I right need now. To check the out. the music too. I need to send you my anime intro playlist because it is really really good. God damn it. Too much good shit to watch. Haikyuu's another one. All the intros to Haikyuu slap. They're so fucking good. They'll get you so motivated and <laughs> pumped. So, anyway. We've strayed a lot from Toonami. That's but okay. I would not expect anything less from Miss Emily Strickler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk yeah. about what you got going up, uh, going on. Uh, yeah. What you got coming up. Yeah. Um. So, I think I, I might have talked about this on here before. Um. I am a committee member for the Oklahoma City Walk to End Alzheimer's. Um, this year's walk is coming up on October 17th. Um, we had to pivot a lot for it this year. Um, normally, it's an event. Um, the Oklahoma City Walk is one of the biggest walks in the country, and it's just people showing up in support of, um, I don't know, in support of each other. It's kind of like a big party, but also there's a lot of crying. Um, it's all about raising money and awareness for Alzheimer's disease though, and other um, like dementia related diseases. So it's the biggest fundraiser for the Alzheimer's Association each year. The association provides a lot of free resources for um, individuals experiencing Alzheimer's as well as their caregivers and family members. It's a cause very close to my heart. Um, dementia related diseases are very prevalent in my family. And I think I want to say it's 
two years ago, maybe this month, um, my last surviving grandparent, my grandmother, um, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So, and at the beginning of all of this, um, beginning of the year, um, she had just moved into assisted living because she'd finally gotten to the point where it was very difficult for her to remember things like turning off the stove and if her food had gone bad, when, when did she buy something, things like that. Um, and then COVID hit. And so I've not gotten to like physically hug my grandmother, oh, or see right. my grandmother since the beginning of this year. It was all closed down um, for such a long time. Yeah. Out of safety. Well, and especially it's really hard for individuals with dementia. I truly believe like it's progressed faster for her because she's not able to see her loved ones all the time. It's harder without having that constant social stimulation. Um, we've implemented stuff, but all of that to say, getting off track, but, um, so the Alzheimer's Association is a cause very close to my heart, an organization close to my heart, and the walk is October 17th. It's not going to be the big party that it normally is. This year, we've changed it to um, Walk is Everywhere. So essentially, it's fundraising. You just have a team, you raise money, and then the walk is where you get to come together, celebrate the funds that you've raised, and kind of be there and, and support each other. Um, so this year we're encouraging each little team, you know, to do their own walk, document where they're walking or whatever. You're still raising funds the whole time. Um, and then on October 17th, we'll have like a virtual, um, walk stage where you get a sign in and you get a kind of see an intro and, That's and cool. what's going on this year. So, and the app is a little bit different. So, um, there's more stuff in the app this year and there's stuff related to fundraising in there. There's also, um, what they call the promise garden, which has, bunch of flowers there's a whole color system with the flowers what they represent if you have it if you have a family member with it if you're a caregiver if yeah you're, whatever that's cool though because um, it's like you have your this is your thing like it represents yeah. you yeah um and so this year the promise garden is going to be like a drive-by experience so we're encouraging people to decorate their cars and come out so all that to say if this is a cause that you are interested in at all or something that you would be interested in supporting, um, sign up now. There's a little bit of time left. We're still fundraising. We actually fundraise through the end of the year, not just up to walk. Um, but the event is on October 17th. So if you go to OKC, I think it's just okcwalk.com, it will forward you over to the appropriate um, Oklahoma City chapter of the walk. Cool. We'll put a link yeah. in the description. Too. Yay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's cool. It's definitely something that we... Uh, you know, we need to be looking at, I think there's, if I remember right, read the last thing I was reading about is that that's not something that there is, like, there's not like a cure for exactly. it. It's just basically yeah. you manage that yep. and until you yep. can no longer manage it. Well, and, so and we need to do more research. We need to learn more about this. Exactly. And the money from this does go um, to research as well, but also those resources that do help manage it, which... Having someone even just to talk to can be such a huge relief, especially for someone that's like a primary caregiver or something like that. Yeah. Speaking of the COVID, I wonder if that's going to give like some data to, to researchers of like like what you're saying. Yeah, People like haven't been able to have social interaction, social interaction and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like the progression of it. It is interesting too. I would hope that in the future, maybe nursing homes would we'd maybe be able to develop better protocol for continuing to have right. social experiences I mean what the hell were they supposed to like it's just there was yeah, nothing exactly. to do they weren't planning for that exactly so it's like cut everything off and it's like well shit like yeah but I mean I it mean, was just bad all the all around it's ultimately good like I'm not saying like oh, I wish I could go like well, yeah. I do wish I could go see my grandmother right. but like her safety is my first and foremost thing I can always call her at the beginning I called her a lot it was a lot easier for her talking on the phone back then 
um, back then, six months ago or whatever, right. it was yeah. an easier time. Um, but yeah, it's it's been definitely challenging. I think we've finally hit a stride. For her, it was just hard not seeing the family members. She just felt like she was forgotten. She felt like she hadn't seen anyone in so long. So we implemented some stuff like a notebook that she writes down every time when we call or, or do a window visit or whatever. That way she can remember, look back at your oh, notebook. Oh, that's cool. Okay, I talked to my family. Everyone's thinking about me. Right. So oh, that's good. That's What a great yeah. idea. That's cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Oh, also you have the, your, your uh, podcast, remember? Oh, yes. <laughs> I do have another project <laughs> I need to, to promote. I meant to say it like before and I remember about it halfway yeah, through the episode. So I was like, shit. Yeah, another really big exciting development during the COVID time since we've seen each other. Um, I have a D&D podcast, live play, actual play, whatever podcast. Um, it is Creatures and Creatives. Um, you can listen to it anywhere you listen to podcasts. Same place you're listening to this podcast. You can listen to it there. Um but yeah, we um, the specific thing about it, we have intermission rooms in it. Um, all of us that are playing and our GM are creatives. Um, my other three cohorts in it are all in motion design, actually. I'm the only like branding designer in there or web person in there. Um, but yeah, so we kind of talk about the intersection between creativity and play on creatures and creatives. It's really awesome. I feel guilty I haven't done as good of a job as I should of promoting it right now but um we actually behind the scenes just wrapped up um the season that we were recording and while Evan our GM is getting everything like turned out and episodes turned out we're actually doing a lot of streaming on Twitch right now oh sick yeah if anyone ever wants to hop on we're about to start kind of a mini campaign on there um using the dungeon world format which is a little bit different um, it's a little bit more succinct, so it's a little less boring to be watching on a stream. Um, moves a little bit quicker, but we're very like interactive with our chat. So if you do want to like watch with us, we love like talking to people in chat at the same time. So that's also just whatever twitch.tv slash creatures and creatives. But yeah, we're on there. I think we're going to be on there Monday evenings fairly consistently starting. Probably well, by the time this comes out, we'll be on there consistently. Sick. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah. man. I should have mentioned that before, but, and then yeah. I remembered about it halfway through and I was like, fuck. Yeah. But we got it. It's okay. Yeah, thanks. We, we You're doing a better job promoting me than it. me. So, <laughs> thank you. Oh, man. Uh, well, where can people follow you on social media as well? Um, Well, Creatures and Creatives, that social media stuff, it's all, um, it's actually CCRPG cast, I think, on a lot of stuff because we were running out of characters right. and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but if you want to follow me personally, um, I'm on Instagram at Emily Strickler, S-T-R-I-C-K-L-E-R. <laughs> a lot of practice spelling that out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, as always, guys, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.